Welcome to Adding Fuel to the Hire, a podcast for hiring managers and job seekers across all types of dealerships. With over 20 years collective recruitment experience, Rowan, Tony and Phil draw upon their knowledge to help you navigate through the recruitment and job hunt process. For more information, head to our website, addingfueltothehire.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Adding Fuel to the Hire. I am your host today, Tony, and with me is Phil. How are you, Phil? Good, Tony. How are you? I'm good, thank you. The, today's topic, I should say, uh, it's uh, a, a one that we've, I suppose, spoken about in, in pieces here and there throughout uh, different uh, different topics, but today we're just focusing on the interview process from a candidate's perspective Yeah. Um, and really honing in on a few tips and tricks to, to nailing that, but I suppose... To start off, what's most important is understanding why getting this right from a candidate's perspective is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the obvious one is the fact that most companies will hire purely based on how you present yourself in an interview. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So, you know, once you've passed that stage of, you know, the the initial uh, review of your resume and, you know, you've, you've been invited into an interview, um, a lot of the time a company will do one interview with, five maybe candidates or something like that, and then the decision's pretty much made. They might do a reference check after that just to double-check and make sure. Yep. Um, but generally speaking, the, the the bulk of their decision, I would say probably 80%, um, will come just from that one interview. Yeah, and uh, I suppose regardless of whether their processes are, uh, are such that it is just the interview that matters, mm. what's going to matter regardless is the fact this is your first face-to-face impression. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you might have spoken to him on the phone, but ultimately the face-to-face impression, as we all know, through all elements of life is is most important. So yeah. um, you only really have that one shot at it. Yeah, not even a Skype session or something like that no. can really it's, – it's, I mean, it's better than a phone call if you can't get there, obviously, but um, it doesn't replace that face-to-face interaction. There's all these subtleties, you mm. know, the way you carry yourself, the yep. way you walk into the dealership or wherever it is you're interviewing, you know, there's all these – small little social subtleties that come through that um, you just you need to have a face-to-face to, to, to really get them across. Yeah, and, and rightly or wrongly, I, I sit on the fence a little bit about uh, about using them solely as your uh, your single tool to hire yeah. someone um, because I know from your perspective studying psychology, you're very well aware of how the fact that um, – it's probably the most stressful situation that you could be putting put yeah. into, uh, particularly around the workplace. Yeah. Um, because, you know, often you're sitting there staring down the barrel of, of three people judging you. Yep. Um, very conscious of every word that comes out of your mouth. So yeah. um, there are people out there that are great employees that will just not perform well in an interview. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, the amount of times we've put candidates up for an interview where you talk to them on the phone or over a video interview and they present themselves really, really well and you yep. think they're an absolute cracker and then uh, the feedback from their client is that uh, they just didn't perform didn't well perform. Yeah. at all and then you talk to the candidate about it and they just, yeah, nerves got the best of me, I just capitulated. Yeah, Doesn't mean they're going to get nervous when they're dealing with a client, um, you know, if they're a parts interpreter or service advisor being yeah. face-to-face doesn't mean they're going to be nervous, but a lot of companies will uh, employ based on that uh, or not employ based on that experience regardless. So That's um, right, yeah. And, I mean, you've got to remember this is probably, I think, one of, if not the only situation in life where you are for an hour straight just going yeah. to be judged by a room of people. Yep. That's it. You know, it's like imagine if you go on a first date but it's with three people and they're all <laughs> judging you and they all have to agree to go on a second date with you. 
Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, yeah, it's very tough. It's very like emotionally draining. Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, some people can get, um, you know, they say one thing wrong they go, oh, no, that's it. I screwed it up. Yeah. And they just will think about it for the whole interview. Yeah. And yeah. then they can't concentrate. Yeah. And that's it. So, um, you know, I think the face-to-face interview is the most important part, I, I think, personally, in um, in this election process. I don't think it should be the only tool or your major tool, but yeah. I think it's the, probably the most important part in terms of getting a good feel beyond just, you know, beyond just uh, skills and, and, and previous experience, but getting a really good feel for cultural fit and what's this person like to, to talk to, yeah. what are they like to sit across the desk with, um, you know, those sort of things that you just can't get otherwise. Yeah, exactly. And so I suppose as a from a candidate's perspective, the first and, and almost most important part of the uh, the interview process is the preparation. Yep. Um, it, uh, yeah, I think that's everything in life almost. If you're prepared, <laughs> you perform a lot better. Yeah. Um, but number one, the easiest thing you could possibly do is – uh, researching the commute from your house to the company um, or the location of the interview. Yes. Um, you know, there's a couple of different uh, settings within Google Maps. When you search, you can search by uh, actual time periods. So you want to make sure you are searching for that time period that you're uh, that you're in- interviewing for, so that it's running off historical data because yep. traffic might be different yep. and fluctuate. So um, do your research. Ensure that you arrive ten minutes early. Um, you know, 15, 30 minutes early, whatever it is, um, be in that car park yeah. well and truly before the interview starts. Yeah. Um, don't walk in 30 minutes early because it can show, uh, I suppose, a, a lack of patience and, and almost like you're trying to push them along. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, you know, if you have to sit in the car park or sit down the road for 30 minutes until, uh, you know, it's 10 minutes till go time, hop out your car, walk in. Yeah and be 10 minutes ready. If you're yeah. on time, if your interview is for 9 o'clock or you arrive at 9 o'clock, I always say on time is late. Yeah. So, um, yeah. You want to try and walk in there about 5 to 10 minutes before. Yeah, exactly. Really. So I've heard a saying, I think 20 minutes is early, 10 minutes is on time, and on time is late. Yeah. And it's very true for interviews. So, um, yeah, do your That's research right. for the commute and yeah. make sure you've got that down Yeah. Pat. As you said, even if it is, you know, you've got to wait half an hour outside just because, you know, you didn't know what traffic was going to be like, um, that's just what it is. You know, make sure you get that right because – um, rocking up late is, is just not what you want to do. No, it's, you're, you're fighting an uphill battle. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. There. Then, um, yeah, you're pretty much done. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Um, researching the company. So you, you've researched the uh, the commute. Now it's important to research the company. So th- that uh, can be as as little or as detailed as you want it to be. Yeah. Um, you can never have too much research in my opinion, but get an understanding for their other locations, the company's history, the company's current you know, current and future plans. If they have a yep. LinkedIn page and they're posting about it, yep. um, you know, understand who, what the DP's name is, um, who's the senior managers, just anything that you can then go into the interview and show that you've done your research. Yeah. Um, from an employer's perspective, sitting across the table from someone that is uh, is showing that they've clearly researched shows that yeah. you're invested. You want to be here. Um, you know, it gives the impression. Well, if they're going to give this much time and effort into an interview, that they might not get the job. Then you know. That must be the level of effort and, yep. and uh, care they're going to bring to their their performance. Their the role, job. yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. Like what you know, what's the what's the company's vision? There's all these different things. Just really go through that website 
um, really have a look at how big the team is, all that sort of stuff. So you can get a good idea of, of, of what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. And jumping on LinkedIn and looking at their company photos, yeah. what's their dress standard, that also plays into how you're going to dress for the interview. Correct. Um, you know, if, if all the photos on their website, they're all in suits and ties, well, okay, I'm probably going to go in a suit and tie. At the very least, I'm going to go with a jacket. Yeah. Um, you know, if their company... Um, if the, well, if their website has their, their staff all dressed in a company polo shirt, um, well, then I'm not going to go in rocking a jacket. I might just go in with a, a button-up shirt a button up or, shirt. A, um, you know, a really nice polo shirt or something like yeah. that. So you're trying to match the standards. Correct. Um, but obviously not all the time can you find that information out. So if in doubt, overdress. Yes. It's always easy to dress down Correct. throughout the process later on than it is to, uh, to dress up. So, Correct. Um, yeah, if you're not sure, jacket, shirt, don't necessarily have to wear a tie, I don't think, in this uh, this day and age. Yeah. Um, most companies will get away with just slacks, a shirt, and a, a jacket. Yeah. But, um, yeah, if you are unsure, that would be the, the way to yeah. go, I think. Yeah, and look, worst case scenario, just ask. Ask what the dress code is. Um, you know, employers aren't getting, and I've said this before to employers, you're not finding out some miracle magic, you know, psychological information by not telling the potential candidate what the dress code is yeah just just ask you know and they'll, they'll 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 tell you a lot of the time you'll obviously be dealing with maybe like an admin staff or something like that or the hr manager they'll usually be happy to give on the info so just ask yeah exactly um but yeah that, that's the key thing just research 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 um you really can't do too much research um another good one i should have mentioned earlier uh, understanding you know Ag dealerships are a great example. There, you know, might obviously be a John Deere dealer, yeah, um, and that's very clear cut. But if you do your research, you might realise well they sell these particular impl- implements or these yeah. sprayers, um, and you know you can really sell yourself in an interview if you drop that into conversation and, and make it organic. It says well they've been on our website, they've done their research. Yeah. Now, everyone knows we're a John Deere dealer, but this guy knows that yeah. we, uh, I don't know, we do Crone sprayers or something. So. Yeah. Um, Something really specific. Yeah, um, that's right. Will go a long, long way, and then uh, formulating the, your your questions around it so it is organic. Yeah, basically. Um, but so yeah, you've you've done your research, you've rocked up on time, you're into the interview, and now uh, yeah, we could talk for days. I think about how to answer particular questions in an interview, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that in detail on another topic, uh, another episode. So. Why don't we focus on the fact that uh, interviewing is fast becoming a two-way street? Yeah. So um, you know, examples of questions that candidates should be asking throughout the interview process to show that they're engaged, they're listening, and they're genuinely uh, interested in the role. So, um, give us some examples. Do you have anything that comes to mind that uh, you've kind of picked up through your uh, years of experience doing this? Yeah. So a good one is uh, I always find is ask them for what their expectations are for this role in the next sort of in the first 30 days, uh, 60 days, next six months, uh, a a year, whatever it is. Um, That gives you a good indication of, all right, so this is probably what the role's realistically going to look like. Um, The other thing it's going to do is show the employer, oh, right, they have genuinely really thought about, you know, if they were to get this role, what would it look like? Yeah. You know, what would I be doing? Um, so they've you know, clearly, obviously, there's this, uh, you know, a higher level of thought process going that's gone into this um, to figure out, you know, is this role going to be for me? Um, so I think that's that's always a really, really good question. Plus, it um, it forces the employer to put some um, put some benchmarks around what they actually want. Yeah. Maybe they haven't actually thought about that. Yeah. You know, and so they think, oh. That's actually a good question because we've got to figure that out. So 
Um, I think that's that's um, that's a really good one. Um, another good one is um, what they think uh, the most important qualities for someone are um, to excel in this role. Um, you know, is it someone who is um, you know great with people? Is it someone yeah. who's great with numbers? Is it someone who's um, really good in a fast-paced environment? Is it someone who's happy to be you know quite heavily managed because that's how the team is working at the moment? Yeah. So I think those sort of questions um, are, are good ones to ask because they show you've thought about the role, yep. you've put yourself into this role in your mind and thought, right, this is sort of something I'd want to know more about. And it also gives the employer a chance to uh, go deeper into the role in terms of you know things they probably wouldn't have thought of telling the candidate otherwise. Yeah, and it gives you the opportunity to sell yourself. Uh, yeah. You know, if you ask what are the most important qualities uh, for someone to excel in this role and they tell you, well, then now that's open to you. It's, it's over to you now to tell them, why you fit those qualities. Yeah. Um, and so yourself, obviously doing it in an organic way so it doesn't feel very, uh, I suppose, robotic almost, that you're just trying to tick a box. Yeah. But um, it, it does open that up for you. And then uh, two other questions that go hand in hand that do the same thing perfectly is asking what are the biggest challenges facing the company or the department right now? So if you're a parts manager, this works really well as in a yeah. management role. So if you walk in, I'm going for a parts manager's role, all right, what's the biggest challenges in your opinion for this yep. department? And they'll lay out, well, you know, we've got a lot of dead stock that we need moved ASAP. Yeah. Um, great. Now as the candidate, I can say, well, I've had this experience doing this, 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 and this. So you've just ticked that huge box for them because they're worried as this is the biggest challenge. And now you've just answered that question. Correct. You're not walking away or they're not walking away unknown as to whether or not you can perform their That's biggest it. challenge. And then that leads in perfectly to saying, what are the biggest opportunities facing the, the company or the department right exactly. now? So, um, you know, oh, we might be bringing on a new brand. Oh, great. I've got that brand experience. Yeah. Um, it just opens up that conversation. It gives you so many tools to sell yourself um, by asking these questions and opening it up. Otherwise, you just sit there and you're just getting smashed with question after question after question for an hour. Um, you know, it can feel very one way. Yeah. You're not getting any control of the process. Yeah. Um, and so you'll leave and, and often, um, because it's not a two way street, the result is dictated almost by the questions that they've asked you, yeah. um, by you getting on the front foot and asking questions and the right questions and, and, and kind of moving that conversation, um, you can take control of some of the process and, yeah. and almost control your own destiny in a way. Yeah. Um, but I think the other and final most important question to ask, uh, and that's really just when you're leaving the interview is, uh, is what is the next step of the process yeah, from that's here? That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, is it going to be a, do you have 10 other people to interview? Am I going to wait a month or am I going to find out in three days' time? Yeah. Um, because that allows you to know how you're going to follow up Correct. from here on out. Um, that's it. And we'll talk about that at the end. But um, yeah, it really allows you to, uh, to get an understanding of, of what's going to happen from here. Yeah, that's right. It allows you to set your expectations in terms of um, what's going to happen from here and, you know, if, if 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 you get told, oh, we've got you know we've got to interview another eight candidates, and um, you know it's going to take us another week to get through those before we can evaluate them all, well, then you're not going to be worried if you've not heard from them in three days, you know. Um, so it's just setting setting expectations um, for yourself so you know you know what's what's the deal from here. Yeah, and uh, one question that we didn't bring up um, when we were just talking about an, an example of questions then. Um, and probably because it, it does deserve its own little subtopic. It's yeah. why we've left it here. Yeah. But uh, probably the most important question to ask is uh, something along the lines of, does the company have an expectation of what salary will be offered to the successful yes. applicant? That's right. Um, and, and that leads us into discussing salary expectations. Yeah. So 
You should never, 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 and this is whether you're a candidate or an employer, should never walk away from an interview having not discussed this. Correct. Um, for so many reasons, an obvious one is the fact you could be $40,000 apart yeah. and it will never match up. And if you leave it right to the end to the offer, yep. think how much time and effort you're wasting going down that path Yeah. and uh, and only to find out that it was just never going to work yeah. from the start. Correct. Um, and they might still take it anyway. Because, you know, you've both come sort of halfway and you've met each other, you know, you've met each other halfway sort of thing. But then, you know, the, comp- the as the employer, you're going, oh, well, we've paid them so much more than what we wanted to. And as the candidate, you're going, oh, well, they've paid me so much less than what I really wanted to. And it, it doesn't work out in the end. You know, they, they, they might stay for a few weeks, a few months or whatever, but they'll leave. Yeah, not happy. Not happy with it. Anyway, so um, I suppose that question, and I'll repeat it again for anyone listening because um, it is a, a really difficult one to figure out how to word it properly um, because it is such it can be such a delicate topic. Yeah. But um, I suppose the wording that we've found to be probably the most successful is does the company have an expectation of what salary will be offered to the successful applicant? That's not saying, you know, I deserve this, I'm worth that, um, but it gets on the front foot and it, and it makes them give you a ballpark because often if you don't, what you'll end up getting is uh, is the employer saying, you know, we're going to offer this for the role um, and, and not really giving you a say in it and then it pigeonholes you into a, a corner yeah. almost. So you want to get on the front foot and ask that. But it is really important not to ask it through what we call the courtship phase. Yes. Um, so that <laughs> might be, you know, the first half an hour of an interview. It might be the first initial phone call. Yeah. You want to make sure you've built rapport first um, yeah. and you're getting along on a personal level before you ask that question. Otherwise it will come across, if you ask it right at the start, yeah. comes across as well, you know, all they care about is the salary and even if they take the job, they're going to just keep looking for higher salary yeah. And just leave eventually. Yeah, you don't want to lead with it. No, you, uh, it's like going on a date, as you said. You're going to warm them up to it and then uh, <laughs> and then lead with it later on in, uh, in, uh, once the courtship phase is over. <laughs> um, so I suppose we, we've done the interview, and this is probably the toughest part to give advice on because it is, I suppose, very varied. It's very situation-specific. Yeah. It's uh, how to follow up after an interview. So. Yep. Um, why don't you lead off? What are the options? What are the scenarios? And yeah. how does it look? Yeah. So a good one to always do is to just send an, uh, a thank you email to um, the people you interviewed uh, with. So um, try and get a business card or something out of them. Sometimes they'll just give you a business card straight away. Um, a lot of companies do that. So just sending them an email probably the next day and just say, look, you know, I just wanted to say thanks for your time. You know, regardless of, um, you know, where the decision goes from here, I really enjoyed meeting you and um, it was great to learn more about the company. Um, if there's anything else you need from me, please let me know. Um, just something short like that. It doesn't need to be very long. Um, just to sort of let them know, look, I am thankful and I'm grateful for the opportunity, even if it doesn't work out. It shows them that you're still interested as well. Like you've yeah. gone to the interview, all right, cool. Yep, they're still interested. <laughs> That's Definitely right. want to consider this person. That's right, yeah. So, you know, because on their side, they're thinking as well, oh, do you think he liked us? Yeah. Like, do you think he's, he, you know, this person uh, would be keen to work for us? So just sending that email just shows that you've got that interest there. Yep. Um, so I think that's a really good one to do. Um, if they tell you, look, we've got another seven people to interview and they're all booked in over the next seven days, um, don't follow up after three days saying, hey, what's the go? Yeah. Because they've told you that's not, you know. Yep. Nothing's happening <laughs> uh, until we've interviewed everyone. Um, if they say, look, we'll get back to you within two days and you haven't heard from them after four or five, it's de- I think it's definitely worth just sending them an email, 
and just saying, hey, I just wanted to follow up, see if, um, you know, the process was moving along at all. Uh, if there's any more info you need from me, please let me know. Uh, something very, very soft yeah. um, just to check in essentially. And offering that extra information is yeah. a good way to do it. That's right. Always offer something in return, you yeah. know, say, you know, I'm happy to help as well if there's anything I can do. So right. it's references not, or yeah. 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 So it's not just, you know, um, hey, when are you giving me a job? Like yeah. when are you doing something for me? You yeah. know, it, again, it's a two-way street, you know, um, uh, try and try and offer something there as well. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a really tough and sensitive thing. Uh, I know is such a fine line between looking disinterested and not following up at all versus looking way too keen and desperate yeah. and following up too much. So yeah. it, it really is important. And that's why we harped on about it before is you need to understand or, or get out of them at the interview phase, what the next step of the process is from here, because Correct. without knowing that you really don't know how to follow up properly yeah. in their eyes. That's right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the important one, but they're the, the kind of, key points we wanted to discuss today. Yeah. Um, there's so much more, obviously, throughout the, uh, the yeah. interview process. We'll cover off on a couple more episodes. But we have actually do have a, a webinar that we've already filmed um, based on this topic around here, providing tips for candidates through the interview process. So if you do want a copy of that, it does have a little bit more extra detail in it. Please uh, send us a, an email details will be below in the show notes but um yeah if there's any extra information you want uh, let us know we can get that across to you otherwise uh contact us for uh for some tips and advice for further episodes and um we'll definitely jump on and record them but otherwise thank you for listening we'll be back again next week see you next time thank you for listening to another episode of adding fuel to the hire if you have any questions or you'd like to hear us talk about a particular topic why not send us an email at podcast at addingfueltothehire.com. If you like what we do and would like to support our podcast, please leave a review on your podcasting app of choice. For further information, please visit our website, addingfueltothehire.com.